My name is Ben and um, I'm one of the leaders down at KCC in Southampton and I'm married to the lovely Vicky. Say hi Vicky. Hi. Vicky's Hello. microphone doesn't work. Oh, Was that deliberate? doesn't work. Yeah, there it does. Is. Hi, everyone. I'm Vicky. And um, we're going to be just hosting uh, today. We'll probably chip in with a few answers as well along the way. In a moment, I'll introduce you guys to our friends that are here to help us on the panel. Um, but before I do so, just to give you a little bit of context, uh, I suppose, to what we're wanting to achieve today. Um, I suppose it's exactly what it says on the tin. So there were two ideas for a seminar title. It was either Sex Talk or Talk Sex, and we went with the first. So that took a while to get sorted. Tough crowd? Good. There we go. We're friends now. Um, but we basically just want to chat about sex. Obviously, for those of you that have been uh, involved in the 15 to 19s this week, uh, I think you'll agree that Andrew Wilson and Joel have done a superb job, um, but all uh, I'm sure would have thrown up a load of questions along the way as well. Um, and for those of you in the younger section, I know that there's been seminars and talks that would have done likewise. Um, and so uh, none of us are experts uh, in that sense, but we just want to try and help you practically work through some of the questions uh, that may well still be in your thinking that you want to try and iron out. We want to try and help you with some practical advice as well. Um, so we'll try and draw some of that out. Uh, if you've just joined us, then the way that we're going to do this uh, is simply that we're going to read out some questions that are text in. Um, so the numbers are on the screen, or the number is on the screens behind me. Uh, and we'll just start to, uh, to ask the panel some questions. Is that okay? You all all right with that? Good. At the end of the seminar, it's very likely that what we'll do is um, just leave some space to pray. Um, this isn't the seminar to sort of fix all your problems around sexual morality or your battle against uh, sin in that sense, but we'd love to pray with you um, if there are some specific areas. But I would, right from the outset, encourage you to speak to your youth leader if there's something in your life that you know you're battling with uh, and maybe you've never talked to anyone about it. Um, do feel really free to share that with someone today, but I'd really encourage you from the outset uh, to find someone in your home context that could really draw alongside you as well. Um, but we'll give you some signposts a little bit later on. Okay, so let's meet our panel. Um, do you want to introduce yourselves, tell us where you're from, and uh, an interesting fact about yourself as well would be great. Put me on the spot. My name is Nick. I am from Bishop Stortford. Does anyone know where that is? Like the best place in the world. Interesting fact. Oh, I can say this. We're going to church plant in New York next year. Woo! Beat that. <laughs> no. Um, my name's Grant. Um, I'm one of the elders down at Redeemer Church in Plymouth. <laughs> Woo! One lone voice. And uh, interesting fact, uh, I was born in Zimbabwe. Oh, I never knew that. I, I'm Daryl. I'm from uh, Runcon near Liverpool. Interesting fact, I'm a Yorkshireman. There's no more interesting fact that you need to know than that. <laughs> Two microphones here. Um, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm from Revelation Church in London, in Camden. Woohoo! Um, interesting fact. Um, I've been on Blue Peter before. <laughs> hi, I'm Jo. I'm from King's Community Church in Southampton. Um, interesting fact about me. Uh, got crazy hair. <laughs> it's nice hair, Joe. Uh, hi, I'm Ali, and I'm from King's Community Church in Southampton. 
Woo, got my fan club here. Um, this is my sister, and she actually just nicked my interest in facts. Um, I went on Blue Peter as well, and I was going to say that, but so there you go. Uh, my name's Tom. Uh, I'm also from KCC Southampton. Why did Ali get a bigger whoop? That's not fair. Um, interesting fact about myself uh, is that I support the best football team in the world, Chelsea Football Club. Come on. Right, we're going to get straight on with the first question. How far is too far before marriage? Okay. Um, I don't know if any of you were in the seminar yesterday. Um, I don't know the guy's name who did it, but he was um, doing a seminar titled Why Wait Until Marriage Isn't Sex Outdated or something like that. I can't remember the title. Something like that. Um, so he said in his seminar, which was really um, excellent, is the question is, should be, how close to Jesus can you get in your relationship? And in a relationship... The idea is that you should be glorifying um, God through everything in your life, not just in relationships. In, if you're single, you should be, that should be your aim, to glorify God in everything you do. Um, and it is difficult, the whole physical side of dating. So Tom and I are married, and we got married in January, so we've only been married for six months. Um, so when we were dating, it was a challenge for us. But the way that we kind of battled through was to... Um, obviously talk about that kind of stuff but actually try not to make that the kind of the main thing of your relationship we try to help each other in glorifying God um, and I think the whole issue is how um, of how far can you go my advice would be um, don't go far basically don't do it there's no there's no need to and one of the things that um, I learned through the whole process of dating and getting married was um, on my wedding night, on our wedding night, um, I didn't quite get the, when everyone used to tell you, don't have sex before marriage, don't do foreplay, don't do this and don't do that. I was like, well, I don't really get why, but when the act of us under a covenant relationship with God, with God becoming one flesh, the spiritual covenant, I really felt it, the act of actually me and Tom being virgins on our wedding day and having sex together, it was a beautiful thing. So I would challenge you guys, don't ask that question, how far can I go? It's how close to Jesus can I get? How can I glorify God in this relationship together with God being the centre um, and obviously talking about it, but saying, God, help us to not go too far. Help us to keep those boundaries um, and try to get as close away um, from the line as possible because you want to glorify God in your relationship. The, the Bible's quite clear. It says, it, it's, it doesn't say tickle with sin. It doesn't say have fun with sin. It says flee from sin. And it says to treat, for, for guys, treat these girls as if they're your sister. So if you're thinking about them in any other way than your sister, ooh. And the same way around for the girls, if you're thinking about the boys, think of them as if they're your brother. And if you're thinking about them in that way, ooh. And it just gets a little bit nasty and it helps you to draw very, 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 very clear lines. And then when it comes to dating and engagement and in marriage, from my point of view, what the Word of God tells me is I should treat my wife in the same way that Jesus treated the church. And that's the way I should view my wife. So there are certain thoughts I would never have about the church 
There are certain things I would never do to the church. So there's, there's quite clear boundaries. They're all in there. It's all just laid out. You just need to spend the time to, to read it and start applying it to your life. Okay. Anyone else want to add anything to that? Nick? I think I would just say it's about your heart, isn't it? And, it, you know, I totally agree with what these guys are saying. But actually, if you're finding yourself asking that question, actually, I'd want to step back and say, well, why are you asking it? Like, actually, what's your relationship with Jesus like? What does it look like? Do you really trust the Bible? Is it something you want to hold on to? Is it something that you want to have in your heart? Are these boundaries that Daryl's talking about stuff that you agree with? And for me, it'd be a good opportunity to just question what's going on inside, really. Okay, it'd be really good um, just on this subject, I suppose, just to get a bit practical. Um, so I'm going to uh, just preempt probably some more questions that will come uh, on this subject. And Ali touched on it a little bit. Um, but what, in terms of practically, so say uh, some of these guys decide to, to date and get together um, and things are going in the right direction, in what practical ways uh, would you guys encourage them just to approach their relationship? and seek help and advice. If you don't have it, don't touch it. <laughs> um, I think practically as well, I think um, we're humans, we're attracted, um, we, have th- we have those emotions and those feelings, and I think it's about protecting yourself, and I think practically we can put boundaries in place, and they might look different to every one of you and in your relationship, because um, all relationships are different. You come from different backgrounds, different experiences. And I think it's about just um, talking with your partner about those things. And I think honesty is really, really important. And being open with one another and talking about it. Because actually, when you talk about it, it says the truth will set you free. So actually, when you talk and discuss these things, it comes out in the open between you and your partner. And you're able to communicate, you know, what is your struggle? What is to, um, it's not actually about to how far you're going, but actually, um, you know, what, what are you tempted by? Is it, you know, when you touch me like this? Or, you know, when, when we're in a room together on your own, is that when you feel actually the temp- more temptation? So I think it's putting those boundaries in place and talking about it. And also making sure you've got accountability. So make sure you've got someone in your life as a couple um, on your own and together that actually can speak into you and ask those questions. How, you know, how, how is the physical stuff going in with your relationship? And talk about it and pray about it. And together in a relationship, that can be quite hard. And I think actually praying is something that is really great to ground before you're even married. Um, and I think not until you're, I think there's a whole thing about intimacy and praying. So sometimes I know with me and my husband, um, when, when we pray together, actually there's real intimacy in that because there's me, you know, showing my love to the gods um, that can actually be more attractive to him. Um, but actually I think there is something about doing that in a safe environment and praying together um, and praying about those boundaries and what that looks like um, in your relationship. And, you know, and, and really it's not like how far can I go to this line it's actually how you know what's the distance between that line that you're about to cross and it's being as far away as like um Darryl, is it Darryl? Yeah. Darryl was saying about fleeing from temptation so making sure you don't even go to that place where the doors are closed and you're in a, in a room together you know I we, me and my partner we had to put a curfew on what time we would see each other physically because actually when it went past 11 o'clock you know my parents go to bed or um 
you know, we, that it was nighttime and that would arouse things in us that could cause us to, you know, to sin. So I think it's about just talking about it is really, really key and really praying about it together. I mean, just to underline really one, one of the aspects there in terms of accountability, I think early on you make yourselves accountable in your relationship to another couple, to a married couple, or to someone in respect to that relationship. Understand, uh, help them understand some of the challenges, the boundaries uh, that you are uh, kind of setting for yourselves. I think accountability is huge. You want people who are going to be asking you, and that they're people that are not going to just be put off by your kind of, yeah, no, we're okay. Uh, that are really, they know you well enough to kind of, uh, they, they, can, they know that look in your eye and they're going to be able to really push you um, in terms of how it's going. So I think accountability when you start any kind of relationship, a uh, serious relationship is really, really important. And that kind of helps you also uh, as you carry on if that relationship grows and, and moves to marriage. I think, again, as married couples, we want to be in, a, in, in friendships where there's accountability uh, uh, a longer term in our relationships where we've got people who are going to keep asking us questions about how we're doing in our relationships together. So accountability is huge uh, as we think about relationships. And to lead on from that, what, what if my partner wants sex and I don't? <laughs> uh, I think you want to question whether they're the right partner. I mean, I, I, I think... I think it's uh, if they want sex and you don't, I think it's, that's not no excuse, that's no kind of permission. Uh, I think, again, you want to be talking to someone early, you want to be making, you want to be bringing that out into the open with somebody who you trust, uh, and you want to be talking it through and, um, uh, and dealing with it. Uh, otherwise, it's going to become a real issue for you. And even then, with fleeing from sin and keeping those boundary lines far in the distance uh, if, uh, if that's on the agenda then uh, I would be uh, you know I'd be wanting to make sure that that was the case but yeah, I, d I don't think the relationship in that question is your relationship with Jesus I think the problem is their relationship with Jesus and they need pastoral help they need pastoral care they need some counselling going on because there's obviously something not right there, what the Bible would call unevenly yoked. So they're wanting one thing and you're wanting another. You're wanting purity and holiness and sanctification. And what they want is lust. And, and it's the two, two contrary things that one needs help over the other. So, yes, it goes back to the accountability thing. It goes back to the conversation thing. It means dragging sin out of the darkness into the light because sin cannot exist in the light. So making sure you do, you're doing all of those things. Okay, let me, um, let me add something in which will just build on this question, uh, which will probably be helpful. Um, so a question that we've had says, how can you slow down a relationship if you've had sex and then realized it's not what you want to do? So rather than it being that your partner wants to have sex, that maybe you guys have crossed a, a line together and then together you've decided we've gone too far, we want to get things right. What does that look like? Can I make a suggestion? Yeah. You haven't had sex, you've had lust. Because sex and lust are two separate things. Because I, I had a life before I was a Christian and I thought I had a good sex life. And then when I became a Christian and worship and God 
and the Holy Spirit came into my sex life, then I discovered what an amazing sex life was. You see, sex inside marriage is, takes you to a whole new level of what you thought sex is. So whatever's happened up to this point is kind of a shadow of the design that God had. It's a shadow of what God wants you to experience. So repent of it, move on from it, and focus on what God truly has for you. Can I just, in terms of then practically, like um, one of the things that me and Ali found really helpful when we slipped up as we, um, as we inevitably did, um, uh, in terms of in little ways and in silly decisions that we made, um, what was really helpful was just to be honest straight away um, with people that could speak that we said we could sp- could speak into our lives, um, and I, we've spent a few evenings in Ben and Vicky's living room, um, just getting real with them and just laying it down with them and saying, you know, we kind of we knew that was wrong. We knew that we crossed, you know, we don't know why we really crossed those lines, but can you help us figure that out and, and move through and uh, and take practical steps to help that not happen again? And and just have make sure you have that um, couple or person or youth leader or pastor. Um, who you just you know you can just lay your 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 kind of uh, your relationship down to and just say this is what's going on. Um, I need your I need your help. I need your prayer, and I need to stay accountable to you. I, just, I think the fact that you're asking that question is a really good thing, and I just want to honour you for that and say that's if that's a genuine heart motive, that's a really great thing because the reality is we all stuff up and mess up. And you know, my wife and I before we got married, we we didn't have sex, but we we certainly went too far on occasions. And I just agree with what Tom's saying. I think the like community is just so important. It's come up in almost every question we've talked about, accountability and having people around you and doing your relationship in community. Um, but also just being able to talk to one another, is, uh, again, has already been said, I just think it's so important. And just being able to discuss stuff and discuss your life. If you're not willing or able to discuss your personal issues with other people, you've got to think, why? Why do you want to keep stuff in the dark? Then... For me, that, that's a sign of, of something that's unhealthy. So, I just also want to say that I think, to, I mean, one of the things that I've just really appreciated that Andrew Wilson's brought to us is this higher view of marriage and uh, sex and all of our relationships. And uh, building on what Daryl says, I think that we just need to be aware that when we... You know, God is faithful. He says, you know, if we if we confess our sin, He's faithful to forgive us, and you know, we can we can start again. That's the glorious reality. If that's happened, don't keep it in the dark. Confess your sin, repent of it, and and make yourself accountable and and walk in a different direction. But I also want to say that, you know, to 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 try and again build on what else was said that that actually when we wait until that moment when we are married to enjoy that sexual intimacy with our husband or our wife, it is far, far, far better than it is when you mess it up in advance. Because, uh, you know, again, personally, we, my wife and I, we messed things up before we got married and we carried that regret into our marriage for a quite a long time in terms of actually we missed something. And I think I, wanna, I want to kind of help you to see that actually to wait 
allows you to enjoy something quite glorious, not kind of hidden away, tucked away, quick and rushed and kind of not really not really all that it was ever intended to be and that glorious kind of moment of just joining with you and your partner your your husband or your wife and I, so i just want to kind of encourage you to, to 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 lift your eyes and to hold out for something just so special um and not to kind of kind of allow yourself to 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 fall into to kind of putting up with with a quickie rather than a longie and in enjoying it and delighting yourself in your wife or your husband and it being something very rich can i just sorry can i just add to that as well um like i think the question says um if you've had sex and realize it's not what you want to do actually um sin is a sin so even if it might not be sex it could be foreplay or something that actually has, has, has... It's not just sex and intercourse, actually, it's stuff before that. Um, that is a sin. So all sin is a sin. Um, I don't think it's like, oh, you know, I've done a bit of foreplay, that's, that's okay. Actually, it's, it's the whole thing. It's, it's not just about going sex and then you've gone too far. Um, and also um, the thing about kind of sin repents, sin repents, Sin repent, sin repent, sin repent. Sometimes you can get stuck in a bit of a cycle. And I know for um, me and my husband, actually, you know, we did mess up before getting married. And it did seem a bit of this cycle. And I think I just encourage you, if you feel you're in that in a relationship, and you think, oh, I messed up again. Oh, I've messed up again. One, God still loves you. And secondly, actually, there's a real freedom in that. You can step out of that. It's not something you have to put up with. And I think it's about putting things in place when you know you've messed up and, and changing things and almost turning around. And again, that whole thing about fleeing so that you can step away from actually the direction that you're going into and doing practical things. Again, whether that's, you know, really stepping back and say, you know, we're not going to do anything for now or whatever that, it, whatever that looks like. Again, discuss that, talk about it. But it is about just kind of really changing direction and, and fleeing from that. And to, and to also not have this expectation that as soon as you're in a relationship that you're going to mess up. Actually, from the start, have the expectation that you're not going to. I know it's really hard and it's really challenging, but that whole thing about striving for purity and what God wants um, and making him the center of your relationship will help in that. Um, yeah. It's good. Guys, there's a few questions that have just come in, I suppose, around a similar, uh, of similar nature. So um, a number of people have texted in things that would sort of say, if you have crossed the line in a relationship, out of a relationship, how can you feel righteous? How can you feel pure? How do you deal with it if you've had multiple partners uh, and then you're pursuing a life of, of singleness or you're with a new partner and you're pursuing marriage? How do you sort of deal with the junk? And um, I'm just going to conclude that, if I may, uh, in just a couple of sentences and want to encourage you that we'd love to stand with you and pray at the end um, but I think Sarah's just uh, alluded to something that sin is sin uh, and the cross is enough uh, to deal with all sin okay yeah. so no matter what you've done and a number of people here have been helpfully really honest and sort of said they've crossed lines and they're still here uh, no one sort of struck them down or said you're never going to be allowed on a panel I think it's a great thing um, and there are many of my friends that I know have had relationships and remained pure uh, and remained pure until marriage. You can achieve that, as Sarah said. If you are in a place where you have crossed the line and you, you're just feeling like rubbish inside, um, this is the gospel for you. The, the cross of Jesus Christ was enough to take away the sin 
and the punishment that you deserve. And it's only in him uh, that you will be able to see the shame lifted uh, and everything that goes with that. So if that is you, if you're just like, I know I've done wrong, but I feel like I keep saying sorry and I'm not even doing anything wrong now. I just feel like I'm not forgiven. Um, don't underestimate the cross. Don't belittle the cross. But we'd love to talk to you afterwards and specifically pray for you if you just feel like you can't shake something then we probably need to talk a little bit more and point you in the right direction is that all right so let's move on vicky give us a, another okay, question okay next question is masturbation okay outside of marriage how about inside of marriage so let's start with outside of marriage first of all i think uh i think it's it's uh it's one of those things where it's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? You, you, you kind of, what are you thinking about? Where's your mind going? What's it all for? And I think, uh, actually, it's not a good thing. Um, and uh, outside of marriage, I don't think that it's a good thing. Um, I think you are lining your... It's, personally, I think you're lining yourself up for trouble and you're thinking about and setting your mind on things that are unhelpful. Um, and in the end, uh, that just pushes you further and further. Just a, a quick question that I like to pose in this kind of setting is, well, does it bring me closer to Jesus or not? And if it doesn't lead me to Jesus, then where's it leading me? So f for me, I don't think outside of marriage, I'd agree, I don't think it is helpful. I think just um, sort of crossing the line between both questions you have to have a, a, long, a longitudinal, a, a future view of the effect that it's going to have. Um, so if you're, if you're stuck in, in, in masturbation um, now, um, then you're actually going to carry that. If you don't deal with it, you're going to carry that into future relationships and into your later life. Um, so I know personally, for me, um, I, I grew up in a non-Christian environment, so porn and masturbation were, were two massive uh, parts of my life growing up. Um, and I never really dealt with it and got properly um, sorted when I became a Christian. Um, and during a time when me and Ali were engaged, that sort of uh, came to light properly with Ali. Like I'd mentioned that it had been a problem, but I referred to it as if it was past tense and, if it wasn't, and as if it wasn't a current issue that I was battling with. Um, and it just it causes so much hurt and pain, not just for you, but for your future partner. Like imagine now... Um, if you, you, know, you have to stand in 10 years' time in front of your wife and you've kept that secret, or your husband, and you've kept that secret, um, it, it causes so much damage. And, and particularly for me, like I was coming from a non-Christian background. Ali's background was very much uh, of a solid Christian upbringing. Masturbation porn weren't on her radar at all. So to have me kind of crash into her life and just drop that bombshell on her was massive for her as well and caused loads of questions that she never had to deal with about, wow, like, you know, I, I, do, do I, am I really truly attractive to my boyfriend, my husband, my, my fiance? Um, all those sorts of things, and, and it is damaging. Um, so I would urge you just to, um, no, well, in answer to the question, no, I don't think it's okay. Um, and I would urge you to, to seek prayer at the end of this, this time. And, and I just, yeah. just want to remind you that, like, for God, it's not like murder is here and masturbation is here. There's no, there's no sliding scale with sin, okay? I just, I just wanted to put that in there if anybody's feeling any kind of guilt or shame or, or any of that's going on. And, but as a rider, kind of a backup to that, if outside of marriage, masturbation 
is just just no because you have no control of where your mind's going who you're thinking about what you're thinking about it opens the door to pornography pornographic images on the internet pornographic magazines it just it just takes you down a slope um, there's a Casting Crowns slot, uh, song, and one of the, the, the lines of the song is, it's a slow fade. It's a slow fade that takes you away. It's a slow fade that destroys families. It's a slow fade that destroys men. You know, you don't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to go rob a bank, but you might go to the shop and get 20p more change than you should have done and forget to tell the till keeper and just put it in your pocket. It's a slow fade and it starts to begin in that way. That's outside marriage. Inside marriage, if you have the Jedi mental power to only ever vote, think about your wife within masturbation, good on you. But I don't think I have that Jedi mind power to only ever think about my wife in terms of masturbation. So to me, again, it's the flee from sin again. It's the just, there's no need to go there. Within the context of marriage, if you've got a really healthy, sexy sex life, there's plenty of other fun stuff to do. It just kind of doesn't need to be in there, okay? That's just me. We'll get to that in just a sec. That's good. Okay, girls, is it, is it just the lads that struggle with masturbation? Let's hear from the ladies. No, it's not just boys, it's girls too. Um... I think, like from a single point of view, um, it's really easy to fill the the yearning of wanting to get married with with that. So having doing masturbation sometimes can be a distraction and can release things, but actually it just opens up completely. Just it just it's, it opens up just just really crazy things and. You can just keep going into that, falling into that, fall into it. But I would just advise, I think, as a single person, that you just have to have strong people around you and you have to be so strong because it's really easy to fall into that. Um, and, yeah, just if you can, try and just keep your mind on Jesus and have people, strong people around you to be praying for you all the time and just, yeah... I think um, we, you know, male and female, we have these desires in us. And um, I think it goes back to kind of what has been spoken about throughout New Day, that there is something of us that has to die to it because we need to live for God. And there's that choice. Um, You know, you might get these desires um, and wanting to satisfy yourself in that way, but actually we can get our full satisfaction from God and he can fulfill that desire and he's way better than an orgasm, you know? He's way better than that. So actually, it's about dying to those things, whatever that looks like for yourself, but it's dying to that and living for God and making that choice, and he can be your full satisfaction. Um, yeah. That's good. How can we, just practically, and there's a question that would just come on the back of this, would, um, how do we practically flee the temptation of masturbation? We've talked about accountability. Let's just get really practical in terms of some... Uh, have, have you ever, has anybody ever, tried to masturbate with the thought of Jesus in their mind? It's the biggest turn-off you will ever have in your life. Okay? It's, it's not difficult. 
Because the Bible says when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, it means that your mind will be on holy things. Your mind will be on things of heaven. When your mind is not full of the Holy Spirit, when your body is not full of the Holy Spirit, it will be on the things of the sinful nature and the things of this world. So it really is that black, that white, and that simple. If you don't want to have those feelings or you feel those feelings coming in, pray and ask the Holy Spirit in. As soon as the Holy Spirit comes in, your body becomes a place of sanctification and it becomes impossible to get turned on in that way. Um, I would, just practical things that you can do. Um, there's a great, um, uh, so for the, who just like hands up, who has an iPhone or iPad or a thing that you can get access to the internet on? Yeah, so loads of you. Um, that's one of the really easy ways that temptation can creep in is you can just pick up your phone nowadays. It's not like you have to walk down the street and go and get a magazine anymore. Um, it's right at your fingertips. So the practical things that you can do. So um, when, like I said earlier, the stuff with me and Ali sort of, or the stuff with me, uh, came to light is um, I signed up to a, an app that's called XXX Church. And it's an alternative web browser that's basically like Safari, but a lot slower. Um, and um, It's worth it, though. Right? It is totally worth it. Um, and it basically, you, you sign up and you have people that it emails your web history to every week. Um, and they can keep you, they can hold you accountable to that. And then uh, one of the other things that you can do is uh, there's like stuff like accessibility options on your tablet and your, and your phone. Um, and what I did was uh, you can turn on something that means that you can't download apps without the right password. And so I gave my phone and my iPad to Ali and just said, can you just put a random password in here? Never, ever tell it to me. And that basically means I can't download any more apps, which is a bit annoying when, like, the BBC Sport app needs an update or something like that. But um, it actually just it, it, it means I can't get to the Internet at all. Yeah, there are lots of bits of software out there that, 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 that help with that um, and some servers as well. And, and Internet providers provide some great, great stuff. I think just... just uh, I just read a couple of verses to you. Paul says in Philippians, Philippians 4, in this whole thing, of when we think about what are we setting your mind on, Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything of excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things and these thi- uh, uh, practice these things. Uh, and the God of peace will be with you. And I just, uh, my own experience in this is that uh, if to break free from uh, that kind of fixation, whether it be on masturbation, pornography, any, any of these things, I have to fix my mind on other things. I have to, I have to take my thoughts somewhere else. I have to, to, to think about something that's right and good and pure. And, and actually, so the more I, I press in to know Jesus more, the more that I, I, I pick up a book or I pick up my Bible or I, I stick some worship in my ears or I listen to a podcast, or I have to take my mind somewhere else. And the more I take my mind there, the more I allow the Spirit of God to come and live in me, the more that he helps me to not go there. And, and my own experience is the more I press into him, the more I think about him, the more I allow him to fill my life, my mind, my, my thoughts, then, I, then I'm, I, I tend not to be going down there. When, I, when, I'm, when I'm not doing those things, when I'm, when I'm low 
on, 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 on reading my Bible, getting through a good book, listening to somebody in my ears in terms of preaching or got worship going on. When I'm not filling my mind with those things, I am amazed how quickly my mind runs to these other things. And so I just say, Paul says just so brilliantly, you know, whatever's good, right, pure, commendable, think about these things. Above everything else, think about those, and the peace of God will be with you. And, uh, and my, my wife has, I have half a dozen people, more seven people in my life, who are my accountability partners, and they are spread all, all over the country. And my wife has carte blanche permission to grasp me up, okay? So if I'm being a bad dad, she can make a phone call, I get a phone call, and I get in trouble. If I'm being a bad husband, she has carte blanche to make the phone call. I get the phone call. What are you doing? Why are you being a burke? Go buy flowers, fix it, put it right. What are you doing? Accountability is what that scripture is talking about, is having that in there. It's all well and good reading the Bible. It's all well and good praying. But having physical Christians around you that will hold you accountable and have license to hold you accountable, you, you can't beat it. Can I, I, I don't disagree with you, mate. But I'm also aware that, you know, my experience is if you want to go find stuff to look at, no matter what safeguards you put in place... I guarantee you'll find a way of finding something. You will. You'll find some way of finding some material somewhere without anybody knowing. It's the truth. It might take a while for you to find another little chink, another little gap in the wall, but unless you make yourself accountable, unless you pursue God with all your heart and seek his help, and you set your mind on things that are good and pure, let me tell you, you will go hunting for stuff, and you will find it. You'll find a way through. And so you've got to deal with it. You've got to, be, you've got to bring it out into the open um, with people around you that know and love you and can help you. And then you've got to pursue God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And as you do that, God will help you in that process. That's good. Okay. Um, we are going to speed up because so I want two of you to answer from now on and you're going to need to be quicker and sharper and everything that God's gifted you with in that sense. Let me just wrap everything up in terms of where we've just covered that ground so far. The Bible teaches us in Proverbs, the counsel of a father to his son. Um, when the temptress comes to tempt, he says, run. Uh, when we see the story of Joseph and he's tempted by Potiphar's wife, uh, he runs out of that place so quickly that he leaves his cloak behind. He's just gone straight out the door. So in any way, whether you're in a relationship with someone and it's a healthy relationship and you feel like you're getting temp tempted and things are getting heated, one of you make the decision, stand up, run. I actually know a guy that did that a little while ago, stood up and ran out the front door. PJ Smythe, one of the friends that comes to New Day often, there's a story when he's walking down the supermarket and there's this pretty lady in the aisle that he's about to go down and he turns around and he walks the other way. He's running in the opposite direction. So whether it's masturbation, whether it's temptation within relationship, do yourself a favour. When you see it come knocking, turn in the opposite direction and do a runner. Okay, let's talk relationships. How do you know that the person that you're with is the right person to marry? I can hand and heart 
say that after I became a Christian, most of you know my background of drugs and prison and, and, and all the rest of it. After I became a Christian, I dated one woman. And I wasn't looking for a relationship. I was focused on what God wanted me to do. Hand on heart, I'm telling you the truth. This is exactly how I felt. And when Rebecca came along into my life, it was like a light bulb moment. And I knew that that was the person I was going to marry. And it was her father that gave me some of the best advice I'd ever had in my life. If you want to go fishing, that's fine. But the problem with that is sometimes you'll pull out an old boot. You see, if you want to find the person God has for you, stop looking. Trust him. Focus on him. The right person will come along and you will know that that is the person for you. In terms of um, when you're dating, how do you know... Um, person you're dating is the one um, so for me and Tom just to, from my point of view um, in Tom um, I was looking for um, someone who loved God with his heart soul mind and strength that was my main priority that he loved God first he loved Jesus first um, and then obviously um, I wanted a fun guy I wanted someone to have fun with um, but and there's loads of other kind of characteristics you could list and list and this guy I want this this and this and this but my main thing to say to you is make sure the person you're dating like I said loves God with his heart soul mind and strength and then like Dara said focus on Jesus trust in him and then go with the flow of Jesus and on the back of that how do you know if you're ready for a relationship taking a step back it's good um I would say, are you um, dependent on Jesus, first and foremost? So for me, um, I was single till I was 19, um, and through those years, I learned in singleness um, that um, to love Jesus with everything I had. I, was, um, I struggled as a girl to find acceptance um, in who I was and my identity in Jesus, and he took me on that journey of finding who I was in him. And... Um, I can probably honestly say that if I had relationships through my teenage years, then I wouldn't have had that foundation of knowing who I was in Jesus first and foremost. And then it, because I knew that, the foundation was there. Then when I started dating Tom, um, I knew and understood what it was to, have, to love Jesus first before um, loving Tom. So depend on Jesus. Use your single years to um, love him with all your heart. Use your single years to say, God, challenge me, shape me, in order that if that guy comes along tomorrow and in 10 years' time, that I would be a godly man or woman for that person, my other half. Nick, 30 seconds, go, tell us. When oh, wow. are you ready for a relationship? Um, I will tell my daughter not to date boys, but to date men. So I don't want her to mess about with 14, 15-year-old boys. I want her to, uh, to, to look for a guy. So I, I, I don't want my daughter to get into a relationship until she's actually ready to get married. So in terms of actual dating, if she's not ready to say, I do, then I, I don't think it's wise for her to date. Wise words. Good. Okay, here's one for you. Comes up most years. Should girls share responsibility of helping boys to prevent lusting by avoiding wearing provocative clothes? Yes, but I think Someone it's... just put that in there as a bomb, haven't they? But thanks so much. Nick? I would say yes, but it works both ways. 
we just uh, we just tackled this a little bit as a church, and I think um, I think it's really important that it's about serving one another. Paul says, "Don't use your freedom as a stumbling block uh, to create a stumbling block for your brother or your sister." And uh, it's not about uh, one of my other elders said it's not about the hemline, the height of the hemline. It's the heart, and I think that's huge. I think it's a heart to serve each other, and we do that by by the way that we live in every way, shape, or form. We're preferring each other in our lives and serving each other. So, if for a boy he's serving. So uh, to give an illustration, sorry, uh, give an illustration, one of our young girls uh, asked for some help in the church, one of our student girls, one of our young guys went over to help. He's a strong, very strong looking physical guy and it was a hot day and he took his shirt off. Bad idea. This poor girl was, this wasn't good for her. And um, she, she openly admitted that. She's like, this is not good. Put your t-shirt back on. Um, and, and I think vice versa. So it's not about the hemline or the whatever. It's about the heart. And actually, we should have hearts to serve each other and prefer one another. So think about your brother or your sister uh, when you are when, when we're having that kind of conversation. Um, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't look and think, whoa, look at the heart on that. There's going to be a physical attraction. So depending on what kind of man you want to be physically attracted to you and and this goes for guys as well what kind of girl you want to be physically attracted to you think about what you're putting on think about what you're wearing because it does make a difference and the bible does make reference to what you wear how you wear how you present yourself so it's all in there and it's such a big topic we haven't got time to get into it so Joe. Yeah, quickly. Um, from a girl's point of view, I think, yeah, a woman should take responsibility because she may think that she's not being provocative, but you are. And I think if you're conscious of that, you can, yeah. Thank you. Can I just say, before you say that, just again, um, if you are a guy or a girl and um, you feel like you are getting tempted because of what someone's wearing, Run. Um, how can I deal with my non-Christian friends mocking me for being a virgin? How can I deal with my non-Christian friends mocking me for being a virgin? Most of them usually are, in my experience, themselves. <laughs> Especially lads. It's like, yeah, 14 girls on Saturday night. They're lying. They're absolutely lying through their teeth. So I'd say 99% of it is absolute rubbish. So, and the fact that, look, guys, from, from, a, from a guy's point of view, I mean, even from my bad boy days, I, I didn't want to go with a girl that had been with every guy in the school. I, I just didn't want to go there. Even if she was lying about it, I still didn't want to go there. I wanted to go after the one that hadn't been with every guy in the school. So girls, if you want to attract that kind of guy, the one that wants to go for the girl that is pure, that is right, that is, I mean, in Christian context, but I'm talking about outside as well, be honest. There's no shame in it whatsoever. And lads, please stop lying. Just stop it. 
you're not impressing anyone, including yourself. Anyway, there you go. I think um, we just got to stand up and, and actually just be an example. And I know that can be challenging. And it, I don't think it's just about relationships and sex. I think there's loads of other things in, in schools and colleges that we can get mocked for but for being a Christian. But again, it's just about dying to that and just standing and saying, actually, what I believe is right and what I believe is what, I, what God says. And, and actually, as, as, you, as you live for that, and if that's what you live for, I think it can create conversations with your friends and it can, it can be such an example that actually I found with some of my friends, um, you know, not having, having sex after marriage, that actually, they were like, why do you do that? You know, what, 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 why? And I was able to explain and bring the gospel into it. And actually with some part of them, I think, um, you know, a lot of my friends that sleep around and go from place to place and they weren't finding satisfaction. They're just trying to fill a hole. And actually we can bring the message and the truth and, and it was something that was just a real example. Actually, I want some of that. Actually, I wish I was like that. Um, and you can be such an example. So be proud, you know, that that, that, is, that is what you believe. That's good. Um, okay, we're going to take a slight detour. Um, but just, again, in conclusion to that, I think it's um, remember to run, uh, as I keep saying. Um, but with the being mocked at school, I mean, that's about being proud of the name of Jesus, right? So there's something greater I'm pursuing, and that's not to patronise anyone. If they're saying, well, why aren't you having sex? It's like, I'm, I'm pursuing something greater, uh, and I will have sex, and it's going to be amazing, uh, and it's going to be within marriage and the way that God has, has called me to have it. So, again, love to talk to you a little bit about that. If you want uh, to talk to someone, if you feel like you're specifically being bullied on that issue, uh, and you want some support, we'd love to talk to you afterwards. Um, but let's take a slight change in tack. So, it has now been legalised... Uh, in terms of homosexual marriage, and so is sex within homosexual marriage okay? <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's been spoken a lot from the stage, but I would say that just because the law has defined something doesn't mean that it's how God defines it. And so, f- for me, gay marriage, if you like, isn't marriage in the eyes of God, and so therefore, it's, an, it's just a bit of a silly question. Sorry, it's a great question. What's in Kirsty? I did a whole debate on uh, Premier Christian Radio because I couldn't understand why it was getting so complicated, why people coming up with so many deep theological reasons of the whys and the what fors, because to me it was just so, so, so simple. When Jesus called me to follow him, to be a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ, he said to me, leave behind everything that will hinder, everything that will slow you down, everything that is in contravention to my word and to my law. Now for me, if that had have meant my sexuality, I would have left it behind. I was born with an addictive personality. I like drugs, okay? So if I was born that way, does that mean I should have been allowed to carry on being a drug addict because it's perfectly natural and it's the way I was born and be a Christian at the same time? No, it's nonsense. There are things that contravene God's word that I had to leave behind in order to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And unfortunately, homosexuality somehow 
got to the top of the pecking list of the things that we had to leave behind. So that's my straightforward, simple answer. If you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, there are going to be things you have to sacrifice. If that happens to be one of those things in your life, then deal with it or don't. It's your choice. Okay, on the same issue, um, should I support my friends being a Christian? Should I support my friends if they're gay? Do you mean like 1950s gay or 1980s gay? I'm talking 2015 gay. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, happy gay? Or like, no, like, which kind of gay, right? I've got <laughs> lots of friends who are gay. I've got a friend who I went to school with who is gay. We recently, sorry, I'm babbling on. I, his father recently died. And he asked me to go and take his dad's funeral. So we went back up and we took his dad's funeral, Okay. I'm big on social media, Facebook, Twitter, all the rest of it. So I'm putting some stuff on Facebook and I'm, and I'm putting some stuff on Twitter. And I actually started getting a load of abuse from the homosexual community over some of the things that I was saying. Do you know what I had to say? Nothing. Because my mate Andrew actually jumped to my defense and said, Do you know what? I grew up with Daryl. I know that Daryl loves me regardless. I know that Daryl will always be there for me. I know that Daryl will love me regardless of what I choose in my life. I also know that Daryl doesn't agree with my lifestyle, but I know that that doesn't change the fact that he loves me. And you could text my little sister who's a lesbian and she will tell you exactly the same. You see, the way I love them, the way I feel about them, the way I treat them, the way I honor them doesn't change the fact that I disagree with their lifestyle. And yet we become all weird and apologetic about it. So the answer is no. Don't change how you love them and don't change how you disagree with them. Great. I don't know that anything else needs to be... Should I support them in their rights? Rights is a big thing. Do you mean like human rights? Do you mean right to get married? Or do, do, well, to me, the whole marriage thing is the, the government never defined marriage, so the government never had the right to redefine marriage. You, you, you don't have the right to redefine something you didn't define in the first place. So that, that, that was a no-brainer to me, and, and I never understood that at all. Civil partnerships have been there for quite a long time, and it gives them the, the same legal rights as I have with my wife. So to me, I, I never understood the whole issue at all. So I support their right to have a legal standing, which is the same as my legal standing, but their marriage does not redefine my marriage, and it never will. Grant, that makes sense. I was just going to say, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we want to, we want them, everybody has a, a there, there has to be a freedom, a freedom of expression and a right to, uh, to your view and your opinion. And, you know, if we start going down that road, which a lot of the, it, it, we're trying to close all of that down it has a negative effect even on our ability to communicate the gospel. So as we're going into universities and stuff like that, I've been asked to speak in one of the university in my city, and I'm already they're asking me to write a letter telling them what I'm going to say and 
you know, all this kind of stuff. I think the challenge is we, we want to... We, we, we want to say that they have a, a right to, to choose that. They, we, we, we're, we're not wanting to uh, condemn them in any way. Jesus didn't come to condemn anyone. He came to seek and save the lost. And so we're not condemning. We want them to have uh, the freedom of expression. But at the same time, I think what Daryl said is, is that that doesn't take away our freedom, freedom and of expression and our right to uh, what we believe the Bible holds true to. Um, and we want to hold that out in a way that uh, they'll hear and receive uh, in the process. I think there's, um, there's a reality as well um, that a lot of these questions will probably have questions in behind them. Uh, so if you're just asking that as sort of a general question, uh, I suppose one of the questions is, is not even what are, what are you talking about when you're talking about rights, it's what do you mean by support someone, support their rights, or what does that mean? Does it mean that you're going to go on marches with them? Uh, does it mean that you've been invited to a gay marriage and should you go? Does it mean that one of your friends is gay and wants to bring a partner to stay at your house and should you let them do that in your own home? There's all kinds of questions that would often be behind questions, right? Uh, and so when we're dealing with stuff like this, it's, it's very difficult as a panel to give a, an answer that just covers everything because actually a lot of this stuff uh, you need to sort of tackle on an individual basis. Um, so I think you don't need to oppose anyone's rights. The law of the land is the law of the land. And as we've heard, we need to, to love all people, all walks of, of life. That doesn't mean that you need to go out uh, and start supporting rights in a certain way, but it also means that you don't need to challenge rights in a certain way, but both of those things are, are massively loaded and would come with loads of other questions in with them. Um, if you're here today and maybe, again, you're, you're in that situation, maybe you've got close friends that are gay or are part of the gay community and you're facing some particular challenges pastorally, how do I cope with this? Uh, again, would love to talk to you afterwards uh, and try and just steer you in the right direction. Do talk to your local elders and your youth leader. Don't just uh, do things. I, I think just talk about these things. It's healthy to talk about them. Um, and the same with all the other questions that we've had. I'm going to lead us in prayer in just a moment. But most of the questions that have come today, it's, you know, how do we avoid temptation? Is sex right outside of marriage? And all, I think a lot of it, the, the ground that we've covered, um, you, you've been great, panel. Let's just give the panel a round of applause, actually, just for... One of the things that's been great is just your honesty. So thank you so much for being real with us. That's really helpful. And I know each one of these guys will happily continue to, uh, to be real with you if you do get an opportunity to chat with them. But there's also going to be red caps available, um, so if you want to talk to them. But what I'd love to do is lead us in prayer. I'd love to encourage you that if you want prayer, you're absolutely welcome to it today. Um, but if there is something specific, a question behind a question that you need to, to talk through, do go to the elders in your church. Go to one of your youth leaders uh, and have a chat with them. But let's stand. This is a huge, huge subject. Um, and uh, let's just present ourselves before God. And then I just want to lead us in a bit of ministry time, if that's okay as well. So let's just remain quiet. Close your eyes. I'm going to lead us in prayer. Um, and then we'll just remain in a place uh, of intimacy with God. And if you do want some prayer on any of these issues, then, uh, then the red caps will be available to pray with you. Father God, I thank you that you are the creator of all things. I thank you that you created us. I thank you that you created male and female and that you've given us the gift of sex. I thank you, God, that you have given us that wonderful gift. 
And Father, with all the questions that have been answered today, as I've just said, there'll be so many questions behind them in certain circumstances and situations. Uh, and we just thank you that in all circumstances that you are wise, infinitely wise. You are perfect with your answers. I thank you, God, that you are the hope where we're ensnared and entangled with sin, that there's always a way out. Your scripture tells us that, Lord God. And so we just say that, Holy Spirit, we love you. And we ask that you would just come and you would just speak truth to our hearts right now. I pray where freedom is needed, you would bring freedom. I pray where challenge is needed, you would bring challenge. I pray where there are those that have been silent on certain issues, that you would give them courage now to confess sin, whether that's their sin or even somebody else's sin. God, would you just empower people right across this room just to get right with you and bring that that is dark into the light. Father, would you just come and bless this time right now and we just open ourselves to you, Holy Spirit. Come and speak to us, come and minister to us in your precious name. Let's just stay in this place. Keep your eyes shut. This is probably the easiest way of doing this. If you are here and right now you feel like you just want someone to, to lay hands on you, to pray with you, to stand with you on a particular issue, why don't you just lift your hand right up in the, the air? And Red Caps, can you just start getting mobile now across the room? That would be great. There's loads of people with hands up. Just stay in this place, guys. Just keep your eyes shut. If you're not lifting your hand, just feel free just to be praying in your own heart. There might be issues that have come up today. Just keep your hand right up. If you want prayer, can you keep your hand right up until you've got someone with you? That's great. And in just a sec, we, uh, we'll just finish up. Um, let me just pass you to Sarah just for a moment. Um, I just really feel that there's um, a lot of people in here that are carrying a lot of shame and guilt. And I just really feel God wants to bring real freedom today um, from that. And even actually putting your hand up to kind of confess that you do have that, or you're carrying that weight. Um, you know, you might even feel, oh, that's admitting that I've done something or done something wrong. Actually, I just feel by you putting your hand up to receive prayer, God just wants to bring real freedom from that that you're carrying. So if that's you, if you could just raise your hand um, and some red caps will just come and, and really pray through that with you. And that might be stuff that you just have to cry out and, and really deal with. But I just feel God wants to bring real freedoms so that when you walk out this tent, you're not carrying that shame anymore. Okay, guys, we're in the big top, and it's big, and it's a top. Uh, so there's loads of space to um, move out to. So if some of the stuff that you want to talk about is sensitive, um, then get your hand up, and then red caps feel really free just to take people over to the edges, to the back of the big top, and, and to spread out a little bit. Um, the panel, um, some of the panel are going to remain available uh, for you guys just to come and chat to and pray with. Um, and we're going to officially close there, uh, but don't miss the opportunity just to get some prayer um, and hang around and, and chat and pray if you want to do so. So do feel free to do that, but if you need to leave, then that's absolutely fine. Thank you, guys.